Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 6, Episode 21 of 7th Heaven. The title is Holy Wars, Part 1. And in Germany, the title is Quarrels, Part 1. This is, of course, the first part of the Season 6 two-part finale. Very exciting. Um, and the IMDb user synopsis is... Preparations for Matt and Sarah's wedding are being made, and things aren't going the way Eric or Annie planned. Matt decides he will convert to Judaism after a discussion with Sarah's dad, who convinces Matt that he can convert on the wedding day, much to Eric's dismay. Annie panics when Sarah's mother tells her to expect 100 kosher guests to her backyard potluck dinner. Ruthie and Simon begin to resent Robbie being in the house. Ruthie wants her bedroom back, forcing Robbie out, now that Matt will be moving out, and Simon gets upset that Matt chooses Robbie to be his best man, and Sam and David call for Robbie instead of him. Lucy gets upset that Kevin won't come to Glen Oak for Matt's wedding, and Ben decides to propose to Mary after Mary starts giving him the cold shoulder. Eric and Sarah's dad, the rabbi, go head-to-head, and it seems Matt and Sarah's wedding won't go ahead after all. That was extremely long. Um... And described pretty much even minor details of the episode yes. that we probably, like, yeah. the twins calling for Robbie. But anyway, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, it's your typical 7th Heaven first part season finale. They have all of in these. And that it sucked. Yeah, and all that, well, yeah, and that it, they have all these storylines set up. And you're very excited to see how it all ends. Like, will Lucy cheat on Kevin? Will uh, Mary continue to rant to Kelly? Um, will, Her new friend Kelly. Will Doc and Jane Lynch ever stop dancing? Um, all these questions I want answers to, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I can't judge a first part of the season finale without the second without, part of yeah. which I know is like really like lame, but. Um, like, you can't just base it off the episode alone. I guess off of the episode alone, it was, like, good enough. I felt like a lot of the things that, like, the plot points came out of nowhere, though. Like, I know that, like, we're supposed to understand that there's this undercurrent of, like, the rabbi and the rev not, like, being happy about this wedding. But, like, the rabbi's, like, sudden manipulation, I feel like, is kind of out of left field. And Ruthie wanting Robbie out of the house is also out of left field. So, and what the... F- there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions about this. Mm-hmm. So, mm. We'll start with the cold open, uh, which is a meeting between the rabbi, the rev, Sarah, and Matt about the wedding that is going to be taking place tomorrow. They're just going over basically this outline, uh, which is meant to include the rev in the ceremony, even though it's being like headed by the rabbi and it's taking place in a synagogue. Um, and the outline goes through, and it's a very long outline and it seems like the only thing the rev will get a chance to do is hold a candle and this kind of basically sets up the the drama and like the the tension between the holy men yes exactly um so we'll get back to that at the end of this podcast but first we're going to look at um the rest of the camdens so we'll start with Mary, who is thriving in her new job as a flight attendant. She apparently has not been fired, despite the fact that she did not um, attend for like two weeks when she was just in Glen Oak. And she has now completed her training. 
She's working now, working so much, in fact, that she seems to be avoiding Ben. So he shows up at her apartment in Buffalo right before she's leaving to work, and she's like, why aren't you answering my... Or he says, why aren't you answering my calls? What's going on? Are you mad at me? What did I do? Mary is being very evasive and not really answering and saying, I just want to go to work, and he wants to know what she wants from him. Like, does she want to break up? And he, he doesn't, she doesn't really say anything either way. Um, so then Ben decides that he's going to go to um, Mary's sister Lucy for advice. So they have a conversation over the phone where Lucy gives horrible advice to Ben. And Ben decides that he's going to show that he's willing to go the extra mile for Mary. Which obviously, in television terms, can mean one and only thing. Only one Getting thing. engaged. Right. So he shows up at Mary's work, which is her, like, right... The airport? Yes. <laughs> or, like, it's not the plane. <laughs> no, it's the airport. And she's about to board the plane, and there's a bunch of people around her, and he gets down on one knee and gives her his high school class Wait, ring. wait, wait. He doesn't get down on one knee. First, he just hands her the ring box, and then he's like, oh, that, that'll hold the place until you... Because at first, it's like, oh, he's giving her his ring. And then he's like, that, that'll just hold the place until I can buy a real engagement ring. And then he gets down on one knee after he's already given her the ring. Um, and it's very awkward because everybody's standing around them looking all happy and shocked and odd. And Mary closes the ring box very dramatically and says, I can't marry you. I don't want to. Um, and we have Ben and Kevin kind of deciding that they're going to go to Glen Oak, which will tie into uh, Lucy's storyline as well. But then on the airplane... We have uh, some familiar faces on the plane. <laughs> Mimsy. Um, <laughs> Mitzi. <or> Mitzi. <laughs> Mimsy. <laughs> well, Mitzi is on the plane from the last episode. The Tall Ridges, I believe, was their last name. Yeah. Um, this couple seems to be... They're going from Buffalo to Glen Oak. Oak. Yeah. Um, and they overhear a conversation between Mary and one of her co-workers, Kelly, who also witnessed the... Uh, failed proposal and kelly's like but you love him why aren't you saying yes to the marriage and mary kind of has a very like i feel like this is a moment we have a a lot on rom-coms where like random people at like a public location will like talk like interfere in the conversation that the main female or male lead is having i don't know i feel like i've seen this in like a bunch of 90s and 80s rom-coms yes but, I agree. So on the plane, Mary's like, it's just, you know, as soon as they get you to marry them, it's about, like, giving something up. And I don't want to give anything up. I've worked really hard to get here. And Mitzi's like, you're right. You know, that's the thing about loving a man. To really love him, you got to give something up. I'm like, that doesn't sound like, I guess, compromise. I don't know. Whatever. Love. It exists. Yeah. I'm not an expert on it. Can't really. This is not what this, expert, this podcast is about. Um, so yeah, that's where we're stuck at right now. Will Mary break up with Ben? Will she move forward with Ben? Will they get engaged? Will she cheat on him? Probably not. not. More likely than Lucy is to cheat. <laughs> so. so anyway, Lucy, um, has like, I mean, she's obviously in Glen Oak. Kevin is back in Buffalo and their status is unknown. They have a phone conversation where Lucy's like, I'm not giving Ben has a phone. Well, Lucy and Kevin oh, okay. are talking first. Lucy, uh, Lucy's like, I'm not giving up my life. I already used my quota for giving up my life for a man to move to the East Coast, so you're going to have to move here. But then Kevin brings up a very good point, being like, I'm not going to give up something that you're not willing to give up. And um, she, and he's like, 
you know, have fun at your brother's wedding. He's like, yeah, the one, she says, the one I invited you to. And he's like, I can't just leave work. I mean, this is, like, true. He can't just go back and forth to Glen Oak every weekend. Right. And she's like, well, if you loved me, you would. Or like, in, in the first episode when they visited, he said, like, this is my last weekend off for a month. So he's a police officer. He has to work weekends and stuff. Right. Like, it's not, you can't. It's not a nine to five, Monday to Friday. And also, if they wanted an equal relationship, Lucy would also fly out to Buffalo from time to time. Right, that's who she hasn't visited him. Yeah, so they're. Well, it was the first time she went to Buffalo, but then but the, she came to Glen Oak, so she should go to Buffalo. Yeah, so it's it's her turn. Yeah. And um, so they're fighting again in this conversation between Lucy and Ben that we spoke about earlier. They talk about Lucy and Kevin, and she's like, "Oh, I guess maybe you're right. I do have to compromise." Guys. But this all goes up by the wayside when she goes to the airport to pick up Grandpa Jackson and Ginger. And where she meets Doug. Um, Doug is a random person at the airport who has <laughs> decided to talk to Lucy um, about the Phoenix flight that is delayed. Yeah, they, they're, they're both waiting to pick people up from the same uh, flight, so they become friends. And Doug is like hardcore hitting on her. And Lucy's so fickle that she completely forgets about her boyfriend, or not boyfriend, or whatever. And somehow Doug convinces her to give him a chance, so she decides to take him as her date to the wedding. Little does she know that Kevin and Ben are on their way. So drama will ensue in the season finale, in the second part of the season finale. Anyway, I just want to complain here about Lucy for a hot second. She's the worst. Yes. Because now we've seen her, we just said this recently, that she was going to cheat on Kevin, or, well, I don't know, are they officially together? What are they? Yeah. Um, What are they? But what did she do in the last episode? Or was it this, it was just Doug? Yeah, it was just Doug. Oh, I thought for sure that, I don't know, she's always got her eyes, she's always got her eyes peeled for something new. She's She's not like the most, you know, the most faithful. Well, I'd say, like, I mean, it's Seventh Heaven, so we're obviously not going to get, like... Outright. We're not going to get her cheating, obviously. But I'm saying, if this was a show that was not Seventh Heaven, she would be most likely to be someone who would be cheating. Because, like, the way that her face lights up every time a good-looking man talks to her, like, I'm like, and Doug's not, Doug's not even that good-looking. Kind of looked a little freaky. Yeah. But, whatever. To each their own. We know we have a lot of Lucy fans, so you're more than welcome to argue with us about this. Um... So we'll go on to some of the smaller storylines now. Um, we have kind of tensions rising between Robbie and Simon and Robbie and Ruthie. So as the user synopsis said, Robbie um, Simon is thinking that he's going to be the best man at Matt's wedding. I would just like to remind everyone that the wedding is tomorrow, and Matt has not chosen a ba- best man yet, which is bad groom etiquette. <laughs> well, also just like what... There's, I don't know, they, um, Simon starts kind of enumerating the role, the role of, like, all the responsibilities of the best man later on in the episode, and it's like, right, but that's only expected if you know before the day before the wedding, because a lot of that takes some planning, uh, so. so Simon's convinced that he's gonna be the one that's gonna be asked, because he's, you know, Matt's brother, and he needs to take his rightful, rightful place as, like, head of household after Matt leaves, etc., etc. But Matt, in a shocking turn of events, <laughs> that's no, not being serious, obviously, <laughs> uh, says, oh, John's out of town. Guys, do you remember John Hamilton, who we haven't heard from or about? <laughs> well, since, since he ran off and got married. <laughs> yeah. Like, John Hamilton got married, and as far as we know, he's living his life with Priscilla, and <laughs> everything's great. Um, 
Um, he's out of town, so he can't come be the best man. So Matt turns around and asks Robbie to be the best man. And Simon takes this horribly. Which also, like, remember when Matt hated uh, Robbie and they were feuding all the time and it was just, like, terrible that they were ever around each other? Um, So after this, we have what the user summary uh, alluded to, which is the the twins preferring Robbie over Simon. Simon continuously calling Robbie not his brother, telling Robbie that he's trying to steal uh, Simon's place in the family. Um, and Simon is kind of stewing about this, and Robbie's like, I don't know what I did wrong. And this is kind of where their like drama ends. We don't have a resolution to it at the end. And on the other side, Robbie's getting attacked by Ruthie. Um, so there's a lot going on here. Ruthie, as we know, is currently living in the attic with Lucy, where Mary is also living. But Mary is no longer living in Glen Oak. She's living in Buffalo. For some reason, everybody thinks she's still living in Glen Oak. So Ruthie decides that since Matt is moving out, that Robbie should move to the garage apartment so she can get her room back because it's crowded in the attic, even though Mary doesn't live there. I know that's a lot to wrap your head around, but that's Ruthie's logic, and she's... Kicking Robbie out. Why? Why is no one talking about? The, why wasn't like that a thing in reviews? That why aren't people pointing out the inconsistencies of um, Seventh Heaven? Like this particular one is really bothering me. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's the it's it's really really getting to me. Because it's like the most obvious. It's so glaring. Um, so a lot of the episodes is spent with Ruthie moving Robbie's stuff out into the garage. Robbie being like, why are you being like this? And she says, I just want things to go back to the way they were. And that means that you need to leave. And the episode kind of ends with like Ruthie being quite harsh to Robbie saying that like, why can't you just move out? Or like, here's like the, here's the, um, newspaper and like rent ads, like leave, which I think like is especially out of nowhere because for the last, I want to, for this past season, they've established that Ruthie is the closest to Robbie. Like, she tells him all her secrets. She's the one he trusts the most. She's the one he trusts the most. He's the one she trusts the most. (laughs) (laughs) Caught yourself (laughs) there. So I don't understand where this, like, animosity or hostility is coming from. Like, as I said earlier in my, in my, what was my first impression, it it seems to have come out of left field. Um... Should we talk about Annie for a bit? Sure. So Annie's responsibility in all of this mess is that she is organizing, as the user synopsis said, she's organizing the rehearsal dinner. Um, and we see her, uh, she goes to, I guess, where the, the venue where the actual wedding uh, dinner reception is going to be held. And um, she's speaking with Rosina um, about asking if she needs any help preparing for the, the final preparations for the wedding. And Rosina's like, no, please just focus on the rehearsal dinner. It's a lot of work. Um, And they get to talking, and she's like, Rosina, they get around to talking about how it's just the immediate, well, no, excuse me, the extended family comes to the rehearsal dinner, um, and it is revealed that the glasses, Sarah's um, extended family, consists of 100 people, and that's just her aunts, uncles, nieces, and nephews. Um, so Annie was planning on having a backyard potluck kind of rehearsal dinner because she didn't realize that over 100 people would be coming, but now she is rethinking everything, and she also forgot that she needed to serve kosher food. Which is a stupid thing to forget. Right, because she already, she brings it up when she made a fool of herself at the, at the dinner, um, 
So anyway, um, that's kind of, she, she rushes off and tries to, well, what she ends up doing is renting out the pool hall and getting a kosher chef to, uh, cater the rehearsal dinner. So the, um, it's meant to go off without a hitch, but as we know, nothing goes as planned in seventh heaven universe or in life, generally speaking. Um, We'll get to now what is the main storyline of this episode and what uh, everybody is waiting on their on the edge of their seats for. It's uh, what's going to happen. Is there going to be a wedding? Is there not going to be a wedding? Um, so we gather from the cold open and from a uh, confrontation between Sarah and the rabbi. Wait, before I start. Um, I forgot to mention this the first time this happened, but it's been happening a lot. So anytime... There's been focus on the rabbi or the Glass family specifically. The music takes on a different tone. Mm-hmm. It's got like, um, I don't even know what you could, like, it's like Jewish music. I wish I knew the, like, I'm not going to try to, like, Im- right. imitate but it or like, whatever. It's very much like, I'm, I'm like sorry. Traditional, yeah. It takes on, like, traditional, like, the tone of, like, traditional Jew- Jewish music. Like, um, like, like think, like, like Hava Nagila yeah, or, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, or like Fiddler on the, the roof. roof, like, you know, those like those, those kind of themes, yeah. Which I've noticed that Seventh Heaven does, and it like, I don't know, it kind of rubs me the wrong way, because I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe it doesn't rub anybody else the wrong way, but they do it like when we had the episode with the um, with the Muslim girl, Yasmin, who was uh, being uh, bullied, they changed the music when it was focused on her family as well, and like, I don't know, I guess like everybody has their own themes and stuff, but it kind of felt like it was like, Two on the head. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, Sarah comes and she's kind of like, look, Dad, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to, like, create drama and manipulate this so this wedding doesn't happen. But, like, trust me, that's not going to happen. I'm marrying Matt. I would like to remind everyone that Matt and Sarah are already married. But no one seems to remember this for some reason. No. Um, so the rabbi decides to start another trick which is uh, he's going to talk to Matt about converting. And it's like, it's a no- I don't know, I want to say it's a normal conversation, but there are, like, undertones of him being quite pushy. Like, he's kind of in, like, Matt's face about it. And Matt decides, yeah, I'm going to convert. But you can tell the whole time Matt is, like, wincing and kind of yeah. cringing in his chair when um, Rabbi Glass is talking to him about converting. So you know he's, like, not totally sold on the idea, but he's just saying it because Rabbi Glass has got him cornered and is up in his face. So We learned that he's also been taking conversion classes. And we, I thought at first, like, I didn't, I don't exactly know the timeline from when, like, these episodes aired, but there must have been a long break in between, or, like, because they got married... What, like six episodes ago? It's been four, three to four months or something. Three to four months because they say that Matt's been taking conversion classes for four months and he's been going to Temple with the glasses since then. So, I don't know. That seems like a sufficient amount of time. I don't know. I've never converted religions. But I, I was thinking that this was like a few, a matter of weeks. Right, right. Um, but four months of conversion classes sounds pretty solid. Right. And like going to Temple. I feel like that's enough time to make like a solid decision. So the Rev hears about this, and he kind of loses his mind. He's very against the idea of converting. He, d- he thinks that um, Matt's only deciding to do this because he thinks it's, like, some sort of way for him to get into good graces of the rabbi and the glasses and, like, have a chance to marry Sarah. Because the rabbi's plan is to convert right before the wedding. Like, 
like, back. and just announce to everyone yeah. at the wedding, like, I'm Jewish. Um, so the, uh, the Rev promises to Matt that he won't interfere. Matt's like, it's my life. You have to let me do what I want to do. But obviously the Rev doesn't listen. We have some in-between scenes here where Matt and Sarah talk about solving problems with sex. They're talking There's about their, no, sec- yeah. their second honeymoon. Because they're talking about their second honeymoon, and Sarah's like, all these problems won't be resolved with sex. So, yeah, maybe, maybe they, they will. will. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. It's worth a shot. <laughs> Might as well try. Um, and the Rev going against Matt's express wishes... Oh, well, actually, like, there's a conversation between Sarah and her dad where she's like, I know what you're doing. You're, like, stop trying to get Matt to convert. Like, we're not doing this until later. And the rabbi's like, no, it was, like, he's deciding without any, like, outside pressure. Don't blame me. And this is kind of, like, leads to what I want to say is the climax of the episode or, like, the top, like, one of the peak points of this episode, which is a fight between the rabbi and the rev where the rev is saying that the rabbi is pressuring or, and Sarah are pressuring Matt, and the rabbi is saying that Matt and the Rev are pressuring Sarah. And basically, they call off the wedding. Not that it's their business to call off the wedding, because... Because they're not the bride and the groom. Nor, are they, nor is it, like, an arranged marriage where they could, like, call it off like that. But they decide to call it off. And this obviously blows up in both of their faces. Um, oh, side note. Julie and Hank are having a baby. <laughs> Well, we already knew, apparently you already knew this. I was like, oh, oh, Julie's pregnant. Wait, remember when they were about to divorce and then they decided not to divorce? Because she was pregnant. Yes, and they still loved each other, you know. Yeah. Well, they can't come to the rehearsal dinner or maybe they can't also come to the wedding because she's having the baby now. And Ginger and Grandpa Jackson don't make their flight because Ginger loses Grandpa Jackson at the airport. Don't worry. So Mary, oh, excuse me. So Lucy has time to spend with Doug and invite him to the wedding. So, yeah, so that, like, so that's where, like, the extended Camden family is. Um, Sarah lets Matt know that the wedding has been canceled. Matt kind of goes berserk with the Rev, and the Rev says, like, he doesn't think he would be, he's, even if, like, the wedding was going to go on, he doesn't think he'd be able to attend. And Matt's like, I don't think I could ever forgive you for this. And he kind of, like, walks away. Sarah has a conversation with her father, and her father's like, I can't perform this wedding. I don't believe in it. So he walks away. And then we're left at the reception dinner in which we have Annie and the twins, the Rev, Robbie, Simon, and Ruthie, and the Doc and Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Doc and Jane Lynch are dating, as we know, and... They're dancing and having the time of their life. And everybody else is mad at everybody else. Annie doesn't really seem to know what's going on until the rep finally tells her what happened. And he says that he can't, like, take part in any of this at all. And we end with, well, Annie and the twins kind of sitting there like, oh, my God, what the hell? And the doc and Jane Lynch dancing to smoke on the water. Yep. And that's... That's it. That's and Jane Lynch is quite the dancer. She, Doc is even a, a great, like, yeah. out of nowhere, these dancers. So that's where we're at right now. Um, so as a recap, very quickly, uh, is the wedding on? Is the wedding off? We don't know. Um, ben and Kevin are coming to the West Coast, and Kevin is in for a mighty surprise when he sees Doug. Uh, will Mary break up with Ben or not? What's going to happen with Robbie? 
all of these questions. Cliffhangers. <laughs> all of these questions. Anyway, uh, what are you going to rate it? Uh, I don't know. Recapping it right now just, like, made it, I don't know, made it worse. <laughs> like, I think I had, like, a better opinion of it before we did this podcast. Yeah. Because um, it just seems ridiculous after this. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go with a halfway point. Let's just give it a 3.5. I'm giving this a 2.5 because I absolutely hated everything about it. Um, I can't exactly state why. Well, of course you can. It's because the Rev and the Rabbi are, are manipulative bastards. And they're terrible, terrible characters. Yeah, and they're, ter- like, terrible fathers. And, well, he, like, I think the Rabbi's a worse father. I understand that their religion is also, like, their work, their lives, but they're taking it to, like, it seems like they're like, oh, you need to love everyone and don't be a bigot and look at what they're doing. They're being sort of bigoted towards one another. I just, all I wanted really in this episode was when the rabbi and the rep were being dramatic and manipulative and stuff for both like Sarah and Matt to like scream at them and be like, well, it doesn't matter. Guess what? We already got married, but we didn't get that nice little like yeah satisfying punch. Nail through the coffin. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you would like to hear part two of the season, well, of the two-part season finale, you can tune in every Wednesday and Saturday. You can listen to us at soundcloud.com slash camdencast on the Apple iTunes podcast app and on Stitcher by searching CamdenCast. And if you want to follow us on social media in the meantime, while you are waiting for new episodes or listening to old episodes and reminiscing, you can go to our social media and find us at CamdenCast Show on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash CamdenCast, and you can email us at CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi, and this is CamdenCast. Bye.